It's my pleasure to introduce Leon Ravenna, CISO of Car Auction Services, a multinational company in the auto auction, salvage, and financial services space uh, that provides security, privacy, and compliant expertise for over 17,000 employees. Uh, so Leon has over 25 years experience in healthcare, financial services, and technology companies and leads the global security strategy, execution, privacy, privacy and compliance services for the company. And he's here to talk to us about our privacy and how it's been yep. breached today. So with well, that, thank you. I will let you take it away. Appreciate it. Um, tell me your guys' areas, main areas of study. Okay. Totally? Okay. Okay. Good. So I started out in the um, IT space. I started out doing uh, help desk. Um, basically, I was the guy who fixed things. So, you know, and this was way, 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 way back, way before you guys were born um, in the late 80s. And uh, uh, over time, I was a stuff you've never heard of. Come on in. Um, did uh, network stuff. So come and gone, did Unix administration a long, long time ago, ran advanced technologies, started doing security about 10 years ago. And what you'll find is that for those of you on the computer science side, you're gonna end up dealing with security and hopefully you end up dealing with somebody who's at least rational. A lot of security guys aren't very rational, I like to think I am. Um, and we also do the, a lot in the privacy space. So the stuff that you guys are, the world you're entering into is great from technology space. There's lots of stuff happening, lots of cool stuff happening. There's also a ton of regulations, okay? Regulations are really kind of boring, but understanding them and understanding the implications of them is a big deal, okay? So the more that you can get into understanding how things work, why they work, and quite frankly, building it in from the beginning. So building in security, building in privacy, and we'll talk about how, how to do some of those things. If we, get, if we get far enough along and we're good, then I'll go into kind of, here's exactly how to build stuff, and, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of take from there. Are there any questions that I can start with before we go, or things to kind of keep in mind as we go through and talk to? You guys are a blank slate, it's great. Okay, so um, you guys don't have drinks. I got my Diet Coke, so if you need to step out, it's all good. Um, so a uh, little bit about car. Um, car right now, we actually changed a little bit since, since what I sent you. We're about 15,000 people. Uh, we just spun off a $1.3 billion organization that was our salvage space. And uh, so we're now about a $2.7 billion organization, 15,000 people uh, around the world. And we're probably the biggest company in Indiana that nobody knows exists. So we're like the ninth largest company in Indiana. Um, we have roughly 1,000 people in IT, okay? Uh, we gotta build our own stuff. There's nobody that does, there's, there's two main competitors in the auction space. And so it's kind of hard to go to SAP and buy the auction piece. So we build a lot of it our own. Um, facts and figures, we're in 75 countries, um, we'll do about, we'll touch about three and a half million cars, okay? Um, this year, in 18, we touched about six million, so two and a half million on the salvage space. Um, lots of stuff. We have 16 lines of business, and some of them we've bought through acquisition, so we bring in systems 
and basically bringing companies. So most companies that you may end up in might have one ERP system, so an SAP, a PeopleSoft. We have seven flavors of them and multiples of those. So um, the business is complex and we also deal with a lot of regulation. And uh, the, the things that we're primarily concerned about end up being US, Canada, and Europe, okay? There is regulation coming around the world, okay? So Russia has a nice new law that says, if you create data in Russia, you have to give Russia a copy, okay? They used to, I don't know, just take it. Now you give it to them. So it's a much nicer relationship. Uh, but it's, it's happening all over the world. So if you look at Brazil, there's new laws. Australia's relaxed some of theirs a little bit on the encryption side, okay? And there's a lot around encryption where government wants to be able to see it. And that's a problem because if the government can see it, somebody else can too, okay? So encryption ends up being our, call it our friend, okay? The more you encrypt, it's a, uh, I call it a get out of jail free card. Because in most places that have privacy or security breach laws, having that data encrypted is the ability to not have to notify, okay? Um, should be encrypted anyway, and that's how we're starting to build things as we go. So the ones we care about are GDPR in Europe. I'm sure that you've heard about that, at least in May of 18. You guys all got, hey, here's Banner, accept my cookies. Well, that's getting ready to change again because some new laws dropped in the last two weeks that are gonna change the way that happens. Actually, you're gonna see some things that will show you the, um, the life of that cookie, okay? Some of those cookies go as long as 7,980 years, okay? So they have a half-life, okay? They're, they're there forever, okay? Double-click um, has them. I believe YouTube has them, okay? You have to tell people now that that's what you're doing. I'm sure there'll be an uproar that, you know, people are collecting that data for that long. But as we go, let's talk about security and privacy. The way that I look at it, because I cover both, okay? Um, kind of unique in that space, but I look at security as locking the doors. People can't get in. I look at privacy as how do I keep people from seeing stuff? Ultimately, they will come together, okay? Uh, my role today is CISO, so I'm Chief Information Security Officer. I also take care for privacy. Ultimately, I think that people in that role, depending on the size of company, will end up basically taking on a title called CISPRO. So it's security, privacy, and risk for the organization. So every day you look at risk, you have a, a risk-based decision on do you get out of bed today, okay? You know, it's a mean, mean world out there. Do I get out of bed and go to class? Or do I just stay in bed with the covers on, okay? Everything you do is a risk-based decision. And quite frankly, I'm the guy that ends up telling people bad news. So you might as well consolidate all that bad news into one place. And so I, I would estimate that for probably about a billion dollar organization, you will have one person that ends up owning all that because the, the disciplines are coming together so fast, okay? Um, part of my role is to influence what we do from an IT standpoint. So CAR does a lot of agile and I was at PI planning yesterday walking through with their leadership on prioritizing initiatives. So, Here's the things we need to do. Here are the security things that need to go above what we're doing from a PI planning standpoint. Okay, so 
if you, if you think they're disconnected, they are remarkably connected and getting more so. As more companies start to do digital transformation, there is no way that you can't build in security because you're either going to build it in the beginning or I'm going to come tap you on the shoulder a year from now and say, you know what, that thing you built, I have to encrypt it. Okay, I've got to stop what you're doing. So building it in at the beginning, okay, is going to be a lot easier. I would rather have people at the very beginning of them doing a new development project, they're going to drop it in AWS. Okay, they're going to encrypt it. They're going to let Amazon do the key rotation. That way I know what's being done. People aren't worried. People are terrified about key rotation. So let Amazon take care of it. You do that. I'm not coming back in two years and saying, stop what you're doing so we can go do encryption. Okay. So with that, the laws as we know them, um, you guys don't know what GDPR is. Okay. I've got a couple slides we can blow through those. Um, NYDFS is right now the, the strictest security regulation in the US, okay? Uh, CCPA, the new California regulation, is going to be the strictest privacy regulation in the US, okay? California, by virtue of being the fifth largest economy in the world, has the ability to dictate what's going to happen, okay? Um, by doing that, there's some things they're doing where most companies in the U.S., um, if you look at HIPAA, FERPA, you're talking hospitals, medical, you're talking college, okay? Uh, COPPA's about kids. And if you're a, a university, okay, Purdue will have a privacy officer, okay? If you're a hospital, you have a privacy officer, okay? Dealing with those particular laws. The U.S. is very what's called sectoral. So it's, hey, we got 50 laws. We all do what we're supposed to based on that law, okay? Realistically, in the U.S., people only care about your social and they care about your credit card number. Anything else, nobody cares about, okay? So let's, let's start with that and understand that your privacy, okay, in general, every time you get an app on your iPhone, it says in the fine print that you don't read, but says check here to consent, okay? It's saying, I'm going to use your contacts. Well, why does a flashlight app need your contacts? Don't know, okay? I'm gonna send you all kinds of offers and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't really want to, okay? So when you have a chance, take a look at the privacy settings on your phone, check almost all of them, because that's just protecting you, okay? Um, little tidbit for showing up today. Questions so far? Okay. Tell me to speed up, tell me to slow down, just yell at me. Um, my job is about protecting data, okay? I do security, I do privacy, I do compliance, but realistically, all I care about is data, okay? And if you walk away thinking about only one thing, and that is what is the data and what's important, okay? Uh, we break data down into two kinds, and actually GDPR is good for this. It breaks data down into personal data, Okay, name, address, email, phone number, stuff that's, you know, I can tell who you are, but eh, I can get that from the phone book too. Or 20 years ago, I get it from phone book, now I get it from white pages. Um, then there's sensitive data. Okay, sensitive data gets into more touchy stuff. It's race, it's opinions. Um, they have trade union membership, okay? In Germany, you have to belong to a trade union, okay? That's a sensitive data field, 
okay? Those things we have to be extra careful for. And then when you look at CCPA, they start to bring in other things. And so you start looking at data sets as what do I really have to protect? Most of the data sets that CAR uses naturally are vehicle data, okay? But in some places, uh, vehicle identification number can be construed as, as a personal data field tied to something else, okay? Um, so you gotta be careful on what's happening, but as you start to look at the data, so if you're building a system and you know going in that I'm gonna collect name, address, email, phone number, okay? Not such a big deal, okay? But if you don't have a retention period, okay? So say, and you guys may not <laughs> know these names, but um, the, uh, I have a, another company that I help and they have a system that runs on top of DOS 5.4, okay? That's mid-90s stuff. And so if, if they only collect name, address, email, phone number, and that system gets breached, they have to go and notify 25 years worth of people, okay? Now, they take in a million records a year, okay? Half million, a million, two million. If you have to go notify 25 million people from 25 years ago that you may not even know if they're alive or not, so you go notify somebody and, oh, they died, okay? That's pretty embarrassing, okay? So we start to talk about retention periods, but focusing on what the data is. If you walk out <clears throat> of here and the only thing that you remember it sometime in 10 years when you're, when you're into your, you know, kind of, first or second management gig, and all you care about is what the data is, that's a win, okay? Because you have to, a lot of people don't. And in fact, one of the things that I talked to our folks about is if you encrypt early, and all you're ever gonna care about is name and address and vehicle information, great. But what happens in three years when you decide, oh, you know what, if I added social with that for some who knows what reason, we could do a lot more. Well then we start talking about stuff that's risky, okay? So it's always about the data. Um, GDPR, you guys probably had a whole bunch of, you know, hey, accept my cookies and stuff like that. Um, and uh, we had the, the tech CEOs saying, yeah, we really, really on this side want the privacy stuff. On this side, they're lobbying against it, okay? So they do and they don't because they want to collect as much data about you, um, particularly Facebook and Google. Um, Verizon, even with my phone turned off, is still tracking everywhere I go via cell towers, okay? And I believe they send that data back to Google. So Google knows everywhere that I've been, even though I really, really, really don't want them to know. Um, this one here, again, they, they, want, they want the law so they can say they're doing what they're supposed to, they don't want it because it's going to impose things on them. So, GDPR. You guys all good with GDPR? Do you care? Okay. So, basically understand that there's a lot more technical controls. They have a thing called pseudonymization. I've read this thing 20 times, and I cannot for life and figure out why you'd want to pseudo-anonymize something instead of just straight encrypt it. So, I'm not smart enough to understand that, so encrypt it. Um, and they will eventually have a certification 
Uh, I just went through my second audit in two years on uh, what we're doing in Europe just to make sure we're doing the right thing because there is no mechanism for me to say I'm good, okay? Um, data transfer, that first statement there that says in the US we're not worthy, that's exactly what Europe thinks. I've been to Europe 10 times in the last 17 months. I don't like to travel, but I've been to Europe 10 times in 17 months making sure that we're doing what we have to for GDPR, okay? We focus on things like data sovereignty. So all our data in Europe stays in Europe, okay? Doesn't move back and forth to the US. Uh, we do have some for HR data because we have to. And so we've gone out and done Privacy Shield, which will probably get struck down in Europe for the second time in three years. But it's the only real safe transfer mechanism. It's basically through the government. So we basically have done a self-assessment to say, hey, we do all the things that we're supposed to. And so we can move that data back and forth, okay? But understand that the when I say adequate, the EU does not believe that we are adequate to their laws, okay? Because they have an encompassing law that covers all of the EU, whereas the U.S. is sectoral. Canada has a law called PEPITA that covers all of Canada, so they are considered adequate. My guess is that in the next year they won't be because it isn't as stringent as GDPR, but that's coming. Um, one of the things that's really important from a GDPR standpoint is understanding the people you send data to, okay? So we send data to subprocessors that do stuff for us and they may send it on. So I routinely have banks asking about my fourth and, and fifth level processors or subcontractors. So they want me to know what's happening, not only the guys I send data to, but the data they send out. So banks will hold me responsible for that data all the way through, okay? That's something that you guys will start to see over time and it, it gets a lot more important. We actually use a tool called BitSight that looks at us from the outside and it does a passive scan of our network every day to tell us what we're doing and it gives us forensic information, but it also gives us um, tiering information on competitors, um, customers, vendors. So I right now keep data on about 60 different companies, okay, that we sell to that, um, that sell to us. And so we're watching to see where they are. So for instance, when, uh, when Capital One got popped about two months ago, their score, they do it on a FICO basis. So their score dropped from about 580 to 380 because they got breached. So there's, there's people watching on the outside and you pay for this data, but you, I mean, they, just because you pay for it, you can ask for any company they capture and there's about 100,000 companies they take care for. Okay, so there's things that, that we actually use from a forensic standpoint. Hey, do we have an open port? Do we have a bad search? Stuff like that. Those are all things that we're looking at and our customers are looking at too. So if our score drops for any reason, they're very quick to hit us up on email, say, hey, what happened to you guys? Okay, those are all things that you'll start to see. Now, um, the other stuff, right be forgotten and all that. On the consumer space, pretty important. In the space that we're in, it's hard to forget about you if I have a financial transaction with you because they have other laws, financial laws I have to maintain, okay? So in Europe, we tend to, uh, I haven't, asked anybody, haven't had anybody ask to forget about them, but if we do, we can forget about them from the marketing standpoint, but not really from a financial standpoint. 
And that's one of the, the areas of weakness in the California law is it doesn't really distinguish between um, how you should deal with it if you are, you know, in my space, I'm dealer to dealer, not necessarily to consumer. So questions before we leave Europe? It's all good because I don't want to be there anyway. Been there 10 times and um, don't like the food. What's that? Well, maybe nine times too many. I took my wife once, so, so that's probably a good thing. Um, a couple recent developments. These are things that you probably should, should know because they will affect you personally. Um, Google, in a, in a pro-business uh, case, won the, the right to not have to forget people globally. So they can forget them in Europe, but not necessarily anywhere else. On the other hand, Facebook was told they have to take content out globally. Okay, so it's, it's real, you know, it, it's not consistent, okay? This next one was a, an appeals case where if there was a breach, I talked about name, address, email, phone number, okay? So say that your email got breached, okay? Probably not a huge deal, okay? But you can start a class action lawsuit in Europe now based on the fact that your email is now publicly available and you do not have to prove that you've been harmed. Okay, think about that. You can go start a class action against a company in Europe without having to prove that you were damaged in any way at all. Just that they didn't take care for your email address. But that app that you just downloaded, that you said, yeah, check whatever, they got your contacts, they got your email, they got all your um, all your our phone numbers. I mean, so it, it's kind of a toss-up, but the company has breached it, so they're bad. It's just a, just a way to look at it. And then we talked about adding the time to live to cookie descriptions. Um, again, most of them are, are fairly short, but the, uh, they do go as long as almost 8,000 years. So what's interesting is I've had two audits. Okay, I had Price Waterhouse last year. I had Protivity this year, specifically looking at how we do GDPR. Okay, I'm looking at this from not from a security standpoint, not from a IT standpoint, but looking at it from a revenue protection standpoint. Okay, the the laws state a four percent fine at the high end, four percent of your total global revenue. Okay, four percent of two and a half billion is hundred million dollars. Okay. My job is revenue protection. And what's interesting is they, Ernst & Young just finished a survey with IAPP, and, which is the largest privacy organization in the world, and only roughly 43% of people, uh, 43, 45, are very compliant or fully compliant, okay? We are right on that very compliant, fully compliant line, okay? But most companies are not, okay? So most of them have kind of taken a wait and see attitude on stuff, and that can be bad. It was bad for British Airways. It was bad for Marriott, okay? Um, anybody that's had a breach or gonna have a breach in Europe is going to pay an additional fine because kind of like in the, uh, in the credit card world, the PCI Standards Committee will not, will not say you were PCI compliant if you were breached, okay? They will say, oh, they weren't at the time, so they're going to get fined. So something to keep in mind that a lot of companies are kind of still, it's 16, 17 months later, 
still not doing what they're supposed to be, okay? So if we go to CCPA, how many people haven't heard of CCPA? Probably most, because it's, uh, it's interesting. It's about 60 to 65% of GDPR, okay? The two main things that we don't have to do up until about a week ago were heavy consent, because Europe changes the consent model. In the US, I can send you something with that, yes, I consent box checked. So you're more than likely to say, okay, just do whatever. In Europe, I have to get affirmative consent, okay? So you have to check that box, okay? Um, we also put in something called a, uh, when we put up a cookie banner, we also put up a, a cookie settings or privacy preference center where you can go in and turn on and off targeting cookies, things like that. And uh, there were some new laws that came out in the last two weeks that will force that for people, okay? And a lot of people won't know how to fix that. And then add the time to live, add some very specific uh, wording that you have to have. So just something as simple as, as understanding how cookies work, you can make almost a career out of it, okay? Um, and in California, this was started by an individual, uh, a guy named Metagart. And he started a referendum, and basically the tech company said, we don't want to go there, so we'll do something a little bit less. And then the uh, governor signed that in uh, June of 18. It was supposed to go live January 1 of 20, and there was five amendments that we were waiting for telling us what to do um, that were signed a week ago. And the attorney general came out and said, oh, by the way, here's some new things you have to do. So for instance, you have to take, if I have a do not track on my phone, okay, I, you as a company have to acknowledge that as an opt-out request. Well, I know who you are by IP address and I'm in Lafayette now, okay? I'm not near my house. So how can you as a company know who I am based on my IP without collecting any data, okay? So there's some things that are gonna be really hard to, hard to manage. There's, they're adding some things around consent, adding more language. So uh, if you've ever read a privacy notice, they're now gonna go from about you know, two or three pages to about 10, which basically means nobody's gonna read them and nobody's gonna understand what it is. And then we're gonna get in trouble because, well, you made it too complex to read. So you're kind of in a catch-22 no matter what you do. Anyway. Um, there's something happening on a federal level, and we'll talk more about the California stuff, but Ron Wyden has been really, really hot on having a U.S. privacy law. And if you notice on the bottom there, the create civil and criminal penalties for certain violations, okay? This is meant to be that stick that says, Mark Zuckerberg, FTC finds you $5 billion. And people said, oh, that's not nearly enough, okay? So... They're saying, hey, throw them in jail. Well, that's probably not going to happen, okay? But that's where people are going for invading your privacy, okay? And some of these things are, are really odd because if I'm a politician and I come to you and say, I'm going to protect your privacy, I'm going to make that company pay for it. Well, if I'm a politician, that's free to me, okay? It's also revenue coming in. So it, it will happen here in the U.S. at, at some point. Um, anyway, they do have right, delete, right to deletion. And in California, if you're a California resident, 
you're going to start to see um, these two lines show up. Basically, don't sell my data, okay? And what data do you hold on me? So imagine a case where California says, here's my two links. And then Oregon says, here's my three links. New York says, here's my link, okay? So pretty soon, your homepage is going to have your, your banner in about you know, four-point font, and then 60 links going to look like Drudge Report, okay? So there's, there's got to be something that happens, and what most companies are doing today is coming at this as what's called a 50 states strategy. I can't do something different from California as I do from New York, somewhere else. So we're blending GDPR, blending in California to try and cover what's coming. So if there's something new, you can adjust, okay? Um, there's a larger set of personal data and, uh, and I have to know what's sold, in quotes, sold, could be shared, okay? It could be for any kind of monetary value. So I get a discount by giving you data. Well, we typically send data on vehicles, so there's less that we're worried about, but there'll be a lot of companies that are very nervous about this. And then you as an individual have to resubscribe to that every 12 months. So there will be companies do it for you. So Reputation Defender probably will have that as a service if you wanna pay for it. The first thing you're gonna to do to do this right, we've gone through a very exhaustive data mapping standpoint of here's data coming into my systems, what data is going to systems internally and externally, and then here's the kind of PII that we're sending back and forth, okay? So I took all the names out, but these are the, I mean, big pictures of hundreds of systems that we're doing. So this is the first step, extremely tedious, but again, there's, um, I like to explain to people that security stuff is not sexy. It's typically looking at a 500,000 line spreadsheet for an anomaly, okay? So it's not sexy work, but, but the people that can find that are worth a fortune, okay? Now, there's new rules that came down a week ago. So people were kind of heading towards a 1-1 of 20 uh, deadline. Do not track piece came out. They said, here's the new rules, and there's a comment period that goes till 12-6. Well, if there's proposed rules, there's going to be final rules. Those will come sometime in the spring or summer, but they're going to start enforcing in January. Okay, So they've got already, they have to have a list of, here's who we're going after now for violations. And I can see them going after the, the usual suspects. It'll be the Facebooks, the Google, stuff like that, who happen to be in their state already, okay? And I can imagine if you watch the news, what you'll see is Facebook hit with a fine in California. Facebook saying, well, I'm not gonna pay that. We'll move out of California. So I can see a lot of those political type things happening. So it'll be interesting to watch, okay? Um, for you guys personally, you can go to these sites and opt out of people holding your data. These are all sites that will typically hold your data, okay? So you can go to Experian, you can go to TransUnion uh, and put a freeze on. Um, LifeLock will direct me to some of these, but these are the top 10 that you wanna go to and you, they will hold your data. And in fact, some of them, it's really pretty sneaky. They will say, you can opt out, but you have to send us a picture of your driver's license to validate 
then I'm going to opt you out. Well, I don't want you to have my data in the first place, so why am I going to send you my driver's license? So it's like, screw it, I'll, fine, okay? But most of these guys aren't, aren't too bad, but uh, this is something worth doing, at least checking. Um, the other thing I would probably do is Google yourself once a month just to, just to see what's out there about you, okay? Um, you may be surprised at what's good or bad. Questions that I can answer so far? On track, not on track, kind of, sort of. You'll be here until the class is over and we're all good? Okay. Um, NYDFS, this one's a little bit easier. New York Department of Financial Services basically covers banks, credit unions. I have an insurance company, okay? We do, uh, we do kind of warranty repair, okay? So we are a covered entity under NYDFS, okay? So I have to, once a year, I have to go to NYDFS and basically attest that we're doing what we're supposed to, okay? Um, now, this gets into more security controls specifically, so things like two-factor, okay? Um, things like encryption. Again, encryption will come up over and over and over and over. Um, if, if you go to a company that is not doing two-factor, okay, I can guarantee that probably once every two months, somebody has got their email compromised and you don't know it, okay? So we invoke two-factor on our email, okay? So when you set up an email account, you two-factor. So what that does is it protects me from a guy that gets his credentials compromised because I don't care. I'm sure two-factor will get busted at some point in time. They're social engineering it now, but I'm sure that it will get busted, but until then, it's the safest thing I got. So we do that on mail. So I'm not sitting in a, when I first started um, actually at Interactive, one of the things we had there was an account got compromised, okay? We didn't know it. And they started telling our folks to send money somewhere they shouldn't, okay? Toyota uh, had a sub about a month and a half ago that it released, they sent out $37 million, okay? That's a lot of cash, okay? And it's a lot of cash when you can't track it, okay? There is an arm of the FBI that specifically works with, I believe it's Chase, that if you can get to them in 48 hours and say, hey, we know that we, we sent a payment somewhere we shouldn't have because somebody emailed us and said, hey, change that ACH routing number by a couple digits. And someone said, sure, I'm happy to do that. And they sent out large payments, okay? If you don't get to that money within about 48 hours, it's gone. You'll never find it. You'll never get it back, okay? That's why business email compromise, I mean, now it's a fancy name, but is, is such a big deal because you're getting stuff in that has one letter off, okay? We changed our name to Car Global. We were Car Auction Services. So imagine changing the I to a one. Nobody's going to know that, okay? So we do a lot of security awareness training to make sure that people know, here's what to look for. Here's, you know, typically what you're going to find is the tone is wrong. Um, the urgency is very high. You need to do this right now, okay? But those type things, that's what NYDFS is trying to stop. And I can envision where you take the privacy laws coming out of California, the security laws coming out of New York, smashing them together for a federal, 
okay? Problem is that in D.C., they can't agree that the sun came up today, so we're not going to see anything federal at least probably until 22, okay? So probably about time some of you guys get out of college and then you have something else to deal with. So, um, so from a timeline standpoint, the key things that I expect is at the far right, we'll see something federal probably 22, okay? You can expect something worse coming either from New York or Canada sometime next year that will change how the U.S. does stuff. And it will really, really, really hurt the marketing companies, okay? That's, those are the ones that are getting, getting hurt now on, on how do you do stuff. Um, newspapers in the U.S. don't publish in Europe. Basically, they, they take Europe out and say, I want nothing to do with, with what you're doing. So um, that stuff's coming. And there's, there's careers here based on trying to help people protect that data, okay? Um, these are, there's a lot of stuff here, but as you look at it, stuff in the EU, stuff in the U.S., is going to be very similar on how you protect that data, okay? And the way that I have approached everything from a privacy standpoint is it has to be pragmatic and it has to be defensible, okay? I can't spend $10 million to understand what data elements are in a system, so like for California, I have 45 days to honor a request to tell someone what data we hold on them. So if I know what system you're in, I know roughly what we're going to collect. So I can tell you the categories, but I'm not gonna spend $10 million to have an automated feed for that. We just don't have that kind of business. If you're a consumer-oriented company, you may have to go do that. But what's pragmatic and what's defensible in terms of saying, hey, we're doing everything that we can, okay? On the security side, encryption, 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 um, top of the list, okay? So it's, it's what do you do to protect the data you have? What do you do to protect getting the data, okay? You guys have heard about zero trust and all that kind of stuff. Typical corporations are going to build a hard hour shell, okay? But they may be willing to give up a couple systems, okay, that may not have data, Okay, they may use those as kind of honeypots to watch what's happening and, hey, someone got to here so I know what to look for. So things like, um, things like PCI stuff, um, if, if you guys end up at a company that's holding credit card data, I would, it's probably going to be your first job, so I wouldn't run away, <laughs> but I would be very concerned about what they're doing. You want somebody to send that data right through to a credit card processor that has to own the controls for that. I was a, at Interactive Intelligence, I was a PCI level one processor. So I got rated the same as Walmart. Had to do 350 controls that all had to pass, okay? A lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of time, not a lot of value, okay? So you wanna pass that right through to a processor. So there's things where, again, we're making risk-based decisions and you guys want to be in a position to say that's too risky or that's not risky, okay? So you're going to come across things where, like the PCI data, I want nothing to do with it. I have to be able to take credit cards in some way. So if I take a swipe card, am I doing it at a terminal that's encrypted? Yes, okay? Um, that way I'm not liable. So it's what do you do to make sure in, you know, in the most cynical terms, that you are transferring liability to somebody else, 
okay? But you're protecting your company and more importantly, protecting that data that you hold, okay? Um, you're, you're typically not gonna get fired for doing everything that you could to protect the data, okay? If you make, <clears throat> if you make stupid, careless decisions, that's possibility. You know, if you, if you decide to throw up a, a firewall and, just, and say, you know what, admin, admin for username and password is good enough, probably a stupid, careless decision, okay? But you two-factor stuff, you do things in a, in a, again, pragmatic and defensible way, okay, then you're, you're gonna be in good shape. What we're doing here is these things on the European Union side and these things on the security side are all things that we're doing, we're doing greenfield or new development in Europe and every single one of these things we're building in, okay? The reason being is, um, as a security person, what typically happens is, I review a lot of contracts. So what's gonna happen is, I'm last in line. So they'll go through the sales guys, they'll go through negotiations, and then they go, gosh darn it, we gotta go talk to the stupid security guy who's gonna, who's gonna throw up all over everything, okay? So what I wanna be able to do is change that paradigm. And so I wanna be sitting at the table when we're selling those systems saying, look, these things are all competitive advantages, okay? So change the, change the, the game on people so you're going after your customers saying, look, here's how we protect your data. Here's what we do and we're happy to stand behind it, okay? As opposed to being the last guy in line and the guy nobody wants to talk to, okay? I've been that way for a long time and that's okay because I don't want to talk to anybody else either. But, so it works out great. But having the opportunity to do the stuff that you need to and change how you're doing things so you're not the, not the person sitting in the back room, but you're the person that's sitting out in front of a customer saying, here's how I can give you a competitive advantage on what you're doing so you're contributing to the sales process, okay? Um, ultimately, that's where you're going to want to be. And it's, it's how, do I, how do I move what we're doing from a from that back office stuff up to front, okay? And quite frankly, the, the more you can move more to closer to the front, typically the more money that, <laughs> that goes with it. So, so these are the things that you wanna think about. Um, security and privacy by design, build that stuff in right from the beginning, okay? It's, I'm, I'm working with two companies right now, two startups, and in fact, uh, one of them I think I scared because uh, the CEO called me and said, hey, we're looking for a part-time CISO. Okay. So I talked to her for about 20 minutes and I said, look, you're, you're doing stuff actually in the education space and I'm going, to, and I told her, I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to charge you. Okay. Because I want you to do the right thing and get started on the right path. Hey, if you get much bigger, that's great. We'll talk then. But I want you to start the right way now because you're, you're dealing with kids' information. So I don't want you to go down the wrong path, okay? She didn't call me for three weeks, so I thought I spooked her by doing something the old-fashioned way, just saying I'm going to help you. Um, but we're actually talking uh, later this month on what do they have to do. So from a development standpoint, as they're building, what things do they have to build in? And if you build it in as just work, Okay, then it gets a lot easier. Um, are we at 515 15 or 530? 520. Cool, I'm good.
I don't know if you guys are still good, but I'm all good. Um, but what, what I'm trying to do, and, and this is really important for, again, the security and the IT guys, okay? I need to meet the IT guys where they are, okay? So I can go pick a bunch of tools, and I can incubate those tools, and I can hand them off, but if people don't understand them, I just spend a lot of money that's not very valuable. On the other hand, if IT puts something in and I take advantage of the security features it has, it's all good. If while you're doing development, I get you early and, and just add work, okay, you're gonna do eight tasks anyway in your next you know, uh, PI planning and in your next set of sprints. So if I add some things on the security side, it just becomes work and it flows. It's not, it's not, I gotta go talk to that stupid security guy who's gonna tell me I can't do what I want. As opposed to, let's build it in at the beginning, okay? I'll step off the soapbox now. Um, what does it mean for your company? Again, there are not many people that understand privacy, security, and compliance as it relates to IT, okay? There will be companies that succeed or fail based on how they do this, okay? The more that you can contribute to how your company reacts, how your company does stuff, the better are you, better off you are in the long term. Quite frankly, better off you are financially. There's also going to be new sets of jobs, okay? There are privacy engineers. Five years ago, who'd have thought it, okay? Um, beginning of 18, I was in Europe and I basically did the privacy engineering job as a CISO. I was sitting in, in London, I configured a system to do stuff that I was too lazy to do over and over and over manually. So bought a system and configured it in a hotel on a weekend, okay? Now I'm talking to people who are looking to buy a, a system called OneTrust. I'm talking to reference customers and, and they're saying, well, how much should I plan on spending to have somebody do this for me? I said, you can do this yourself, okay? And I, I talked to somebody at a big credit card processing company about how they handle complaints. And they said, it's all manual. And I said, you're dealing with complaints all over the world and you're doing it on a spreadsheet. They I mean, they, just things that don't make sense, okay? Um, but there will be roles around data, around understanding it. And quite frankly, there's not a lot of people that understand, it's a pretty simple concept, but ends up most things, easy concept, fail on execution. Okay, so be good at the execution of how you do the data piece and it'll all be good. Um, I think, oh, we can go throughout a build real quick. Um, these slides will be up there so you'll have them. Data mapping, understand the process flows because this buries you inside the company in, firm, in terms of you understand everything that happens in the company. Okay, again, making yourself more valuable over and over and over. Um, refine your processes. There'll be some vendor stuff you have to do. The vendor stuff is onerous. Just know that and it sucks. Um, and then the things that are benefits to your company, um, you have the ability to go to a company and say, I can reduce your costs. I've read a bunch of articles that say California privacy is going to cost companies $10 million. I'm going to do it for about two and a half. Okay. And do the European stuff at the same time. Heavy, heavy technology focus, okay, but here's how you get stuff done. So I think I'm at the point where 
I can entertain questions at 520. So questions, comments, thoughts, you just want to go home and get dinner? Um, all are good answers. So, yes, sir. Uh, when you talked about uh, when you talked about um, how companies were just deciding to merge everything and just adhere to all regulations mm -hmm. instead of doing it state by state, um, what if it comes to those like specific countries? I don't remember which country, but there was some like extremely stringent. They're, requests that literally wouldn't have made any sense to the website at all, yeah. and they were pushing it on. There, there websites. are. Um, what what we're doing is is taking what's considered right now the the two roughest. Okay, so the the roughest regulatory environment in the world today is Germany. Okay, Germany is covered by EU by GDPR law. Okay, they have their own. It's actually called GDPR, but it's different. Um, but taking that and blending it with California. So what we're doing is trying to get to a point where I may have to add something for the next state or next country we go to, but we're adjusting, we're not rebuilding, okay? So it, it's, it's taking a, a broader approach to what you're doing and saying, you know what, there's, there's 18 things I can do, okay? I'm gonna do 16 of them. So what we're not doing in the US right now is the heavy consent piece because it changes the model on how consent works and, and quite frankly, in Europe, we started all over. We made everybody reconsent. okay? The second piece is the data processing agreement, so the vendor stuff. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, you're gonna do these things with my data. That's, we, we probably have it in a contract already, but I want you to sign a 20 plus page legal agreement that's probably longer than the contract you signed originally. It says you're gonna do it. Super hard to get done, super painful. So it, it's blending. You know, it's saying from a pragmatic standpoint, there's 18 things I can do. I'm gonna do these 16. These two I'm not gonna do because they, there's no call for it, there's no mandate. And if we have to, we'll do it, but we're not gonna start that way, so. I'm standing between you and dinner. Okay. So. Are there any more questions? Thank you, Sure, thanks guys.